0: So by now, at this point, we've been chatting for a good five, six minutes or so. But greetings and welcome to another episode of Stanford Cinema. My name is Andrew. I'm your host. And joining me is John Rowe. We are doing a little bit of a Star Wars series this year in which each episode we are going to be taking a deep dive, a not so deep dive, a discussion, a conversation. But we're going to be reviewing the entire Star Wars catalog beginning with episode one and working our way all the way through the movie that came out. Shit. I don't know. Was it 2019 at this point? I I think I was right.
1: Well, we're going to cover Mandalorian season two,
0: which that would be more up to date. All right. Well, we're going to cover everything when it comes to star Wars, the good. I I feel like,
1: I feel like I'm sorry. I just feel like it's important because In Attack of the Clones, we're kind of dealing with Bubba Fett, Jango Fett, you know, a couple of Mandalorian Mm. jetpack
0: kind of people. So, Yeah, good call, good call, good call. So that's what we're going to be doing. Let's get into it. Johnny Rowe, how are you doing, buddy? How's everything going? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. It's a bit cold. Um, Cold, by my
1: temperature, is anything less than 50 uh, Fahrenheit. Um, But yeah So it was a big cold day But it's okay How
0: about yourself? What was the weather like in Georgia, Andrew? It was weird Here we are We are in We're in February at this point At the time of recording And not three days ago We had snow on the ground You know It, it didn't really stick or whatever But today the weather was in the low 70s So not three days ago It was in the 30s And here we are having a 70 degree weather I have no idea what the future holds. And at this point, I don't care. I don't want to know. I kind of like the idea of suspense when it comes to winter.
1: It feels like in this environment we live in, COVID future, we're going to be indoors. We're looking for reasons to stay indoors. So therefore, the worse the weather, the more reason we have to just stay indoors and do podcasts or listen to whatever we want. Yeah, man. So the worse
0: the weather, the better we feel about staying indoors. So... So I noticed you're wearing another robe this evening. Well, it's the same room as you saw before. <laughs> but I also see that you're rocking a little ACDC, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, back in black. Back in black. I don't know. It's just, I wear clothes that are comfortable. I don't think I had any kind of, uh, I mean, it does have a cannon on it, which, mm-hmm. so I support you and Arsenal, I guess. Yeah. In that, that fashion. Uh, but no I. I it's official know.
0: everybody He supports Arsenal You son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> Alright so the next question sorry, That I've got sorry, for Mrs. you For the listeners We call that gotcha journalism <laughs> He is without words I am so mad I am so frustrated <laughs> I'm keeping that
1: I feel like Elijah Wood did In Green Street Hooligans <laughs> When he has been taught By Charlie Hanna about bullshit Ginos who want to come and talk to bullshit <laughs> this is like jesus like i just want to get a word in it. And, and now you're making fun of me for an acd shirt in a row.
0: no no that's not what happened
1: like i'm over here and i trying to grow a beard and hair because in one way i want to get at how eul mcgregor as obi-wan this is probably mm-hmm. obi-wan's best hair days yeah, like we've seen multiple Obi Wan's. This is Obi Wan
0: peak hair. Yeah, he didn't have that stupid braid in this one that he had in the first one. His hair it would look good, his beard looks spectacular,
1: and, and he's not as stressed down as in the third one where he's a warrior. This is pop, you know, this mm-hmm. is he's got mm-hmm. some fluff, like he's just a regular Jedi, and this is casual Jedi Obi Wan Jedi Night looking.
0: But looking pretty good. Yeah, that's not a lie. Yeah, well, let's get into it. I think last time we started by reading The Crawl. Are you opposed to reading The Crawl again or having me read The Crawl again? Or before that, do you have anything that you want to bring up from our previous episode that you feel that maybe we should cover before we start talking about episode two, whatever the hell the name of this movie is?
1: Well, the name of the movie is Attack of the Clones. Attack Not of the Clones. too much. I don't have too much to bring up from the last one. I understand that I started calling Cannons tinks at one point. <laughs> and I think at one point I started saying the four originals where I was talking about Phantom Menace and one, two, three. And I could just pretend like I was, you know, counting Attack of Endor as the fourth. But I, are we even gonna cover Attack of Indoor? Is that gonna be part
0: of this? I don't think there's any reason to talk about the Ewok adventures. You know what I mean? Nothing events. No. Even though
1: there might be crystals involved or- No, no, I- Okay, I, so then people, I'm sorry, I was completely wrong. There are only three original films in the, and I was yelling out four original films. Ah,
0: damn. You know, it, it is funny because in my, my head, I thought there were, like, two different, like, Ewok movies where they're not... It was only Battle for Endor. There wasn't another one. I don't know. Maybe I just dreamt that there was another Star Wars movie or something that wasn't associated.
1: There was a Christmas
0: special. Maybe that's what... No, nah, where... because that was before I was born. Maybe I just think of Battle for Endor and, and give it... And think of it as two films where it's really just one movie. Maybe it was, like... A mini series that was held on two different nights. I don't know. I don't know. Sure, but whatever. I'm not really going. We're not going to talk about Battle for Endor because that was. Well,
1: we don't need to talk about uh, Phantom Menace any more than that. That I just apologize for calling tanks, cannons, and four original films. Nah. That, that's all I wanted to say about those. But I would like to open with the crawl because I thought the crawl was really interesting. And if you have it in front of you, uh, I'd say, go ahead and read it. All Unless right.
0: Before that, you want to tell me what beer you're drinking. Oh, I mean, this is an important thing. This is the middle act, right? Of if, if you think of it as a trilogy, right? I do. You, okay. So episode one, two, and three, right? So you've got your, your introduction, Right. The second one is your like your call to action. This is where like we're gonna this find is the out. Beef. Exactly. And the final one is your your conflict and resolution, right? Hard times. So for the call to action, I am drinking a beer called the calling. Oh, man. Yep. I am drinking a beer out of Boulevard which is made in Kansas City. And I just wanted to find something that would be very, very fitting. And I think, I don't know. I think, I think I win. I don't know what you've got. I'm not going to speak to like the beer quality, but from a beer title, I think I win. By the way, this beer is okay. I'd probably give it like a six and a half, maybe seven. It's a double IPA, but certainly not the best double IPA I've ever had. It, it's, it's fine.
1: No, nah, I'm lame. I uh, got a beer
0: called Dos Equis. Mm. Which I felt like Dose is two. It is two X's, in fact.
1: Yeah. But when you were saying The Calling, I was thinking you were talking about Wherever You Will Go, which I thought might have been a band from the 2000s. The Calling. Wherever you will go, way up high or down low, I'll go wherever
0: you will go. I thought that's... What you were talking about with the call. No, not at all. In fact, I didn't know that song that you just sang, but it was lovely. It was lovely. It's it's a good song. All right. It was by a band called the calling. Now I remember a band in the eighties called the call, but entirely different band, entirely different songs, but here we go. We're going to now go back to the the crawl. Uh See? (laughs) All right. Okay. So here we go. Episode two attack of the clones. There is unrest in the galactic Senate. Several thousand solar systems have declared their intentions to leave the Republic. This separatist movement, under the leadership of the mysterious Count Dooku, has made it difficult for the limited number of Jedi Knights to maintain peace and order in the galaxy. Senator Amidala, the former queen of Naboo, is returning to the Galactic Senate to vote on the critical issue of creating an army of the Republic to assist the overwhelmed Jedi. Is that it? Is that really? Yeah, yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, that's it. One of the great overviews of this show and where it goes is how Amidala is there to vote on if the Galactic Empire should raise an army. Because as we saw in Phantom Menace, each planet had defense of its own place. So this is the idea that there should be one army for the entire, you know, universe.
0: I want to talk about the title, really, right off the bat, where the title is called Attack of the Clones. Sure. Yeah, and, let's start there. And I don't know, but did any clones attack in this movie? Well, i At the end of the movie, we did see clones attacking the Trade Federation. Correct? You saw the clones flying in. You saw you you saw them landing to take on weird aliens that we like flying giant mosquitoes. Quite yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and here's the thing: is these things we're seeing fly in and getting shot and shooting things. Those things are 10 years old. They're clones, but they're people. They're 10 years old. So are we, like the emperor is perfectly okay with 10-year-old clones. They just hired 200,000. They got a million on the way, and they just threw them right into battle. But these are 10-year-old people being shot up against metal droids. But we're going to get there. So maybe maybe we got to go back to after the
0: crawl. Okay
1: when uh
0: the terrorist attack on her ship uh
1: yeah i would like to talk about that but before that i would like to talk about the ship because we've talked about ships in other episodes and i think this is one of the prettier spaceships we've seen um not quite you know not quite as pretty pretty as the enterprise but it's one of the pretty like nubian spaceships uh are just really nice spaceships. The way they fly in, I thought it was super cool the way they come in like a B-1
0: bomber. Mm, mm. And this is where we're going to have our battles. You know what I mean? I, I thought it was overly done from a CG aspect. In fact, that's one of my biggest critiques with this movie. It's not... My biggest critique isn't even... As many other people that have critiqued critiqued this movie talk about the the dialogue or the the forced love story between Amidala and um, Anakin, my biggest issue is the over the top CG that felt even more cartoony than episode one maybe the animation was something maybe it was also i thought the people that handled like the sound mixing and the sound editing it felt for me very cartoony that being said if you just say you know what we're going to accept cartoony yeah i'll I'll give it to you it it was a more prettier starship no it ain't no starship enterprise which just about any of them, even 1960s iteration of the Starship Enterprise is one of the coolest looking ships, period, full stop. Like, will you give me like a top 10 list? Starship Enterprise is probably shortlist short list of my top three. Let's just go top three ships. And as
1: awesome
0: as the Millennium
1: Falcon is, if you are a guy who likes to drive a 66 Camaro and want raw power SS, <laughs> hell yeah, that's your ride. But I mean, maybe you're dead and you want economy, you want speed, you want a, a Honda Odyssey. You know, that's your Starship Enterprise. You know, that's get you from point A to point B. <laughs> My top three spaceships. If I'm the captain, one Serenity, just because I'm I'm mm. the captain of Serenity, uh, and I'm two Millennium Falcon, man, I gotta get out there. I'm gunning and running. Number three, you know, I'll take the Enterprise as a as a bounty, like a pirate. Yeah, yeah.
0: So that I does. mean, I, I think if you take the Enterprise, you're taking everybody else that's in it, right? So I'm you're you're getting Scotty and generally no. – no, 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 I'm ejecting yeah. them, dude. Have you no. seen
1: the movies? I I know you've seen some of the movies, but oh, those I've seen you, them all. If you if you keep them on board, they're gonna betray you,
0: and they'll take the shit back. Dude, I'm just saying, Scotty. Like you, you want Scotty in your corner. <laughs> If he's on your side, yes. Okay. But I just, I'm a pirate. I just took the ship. Oh, you're stealing the ship. Okay. Yes,
1: I don't want him on my team. He's All at right. some point going to go bring Kurt back from some. Pl- All right, but if you're the captain
0: of the Enterprise, you want
1: Scotty. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I want Spock number one.
0: <laughs> Maybe he's your number two, but um, Andrew's my number two. Hey, right. Um, I'm okay with that. You know what? I think. If, like, my my favorite spaceships, Millennium Falcon is my number one. My number two, it's my number one. Don't shake your head. It's my number one, all right?
1: No, no, no hold on. It was my number two. I'm not okay. shaking my head. Okay. What I'm thinking about is how there's no other ships that have, like, a gaming chess set. Right. Like, Millennium Falcon. <laughs> like, I just want to play that game. I don't care if I win or lose. I'm sure if you beat me down twice, like Chewbacca beat down, you know, Mm -hmm. R2-D2. Yep. Like, I'm sure I
0: would start getting mad at that point. Yeah. My number two is the Enterprise. And here's a little bit of a deep cut, just because I think they had everything on the spaceship. And by everything, they literally had everything, including their own, like, botany level on the ship and I don't know if you ever saw Sunshine which was like this independent movie that came out 2007 2008 it was done by Danny Boyle but the idea of that movie and I did a podcast on a on a on a a friend's um uh podcast a good friend of mine Cooper he was in my episode one he he hosts a podcast and we did an episode on Sunshine but the name of that ship is the Icarus 2 and the idea of the movie is they they've got an atomic payload and they need to jump start the, the sun. The sun is dying and they need to jump start it. And they, on- to,
1: to, to try to jump in, it's basically the they took the idea of the hydrogen collider, and if they could detonate a hydrogen collider into the sun and it would re job the sun. It was called the Icarus II. Anybody knows anything from Greek mythology, they know Icarus was the man who flew too close to the sun. And there was an Icarus one that's a plot point that might come up later
0: yeah that would just be my rundown yep but the icarus too i loved it because it literally had everything you would ever need to have in order to survive unless something horribly wrong would happen uh would happen but anyway that's my third favorite uh spaceship is the icarus too i wish i could remember the name of the ship from uh interstellar oh god damn it um speaking of interstellar that my brother who's been on a few episodes we're going to be uh recording another episode and that's the movie that he wants to talk about so we're gonna be doing an interstellar episode is that too. matthew no well great great guess i do have a brother matthew this will be nathan hey shout out to both those guys yeah i love
1: shout out to the Stamper boys. <laughs> But Matthew, you gotta step up your fantasy game, man. You you beat us all last year, dude. Now you're in fourth
0: place. Yeah, he's in dead last, dude.
1: But he beat us all last year, right?
0: Yeah, he did. He, he did. He beat did. Us. Let's yeah. give him that credit. And he's credit credit's him And and COVID has been tough on us all. It's so. been very tough on all of us. <laughs> so we can't blame anybody for this year. Um. So have we covered? I think we've covered everything. We no, I'm kidding. We know about the opening crawl, but basically, do you have it? <laughs> You want me to tell it? Yeah, go for it. All right, cool. All right, so there's an assassination
1: attempt on Padme, and Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman, and ultimately, the Emperor uses it as a reason to influence the Jedi into her. So she brings in Obi Wan and Anakin. And then where they're like, hey, we got to find that assassin. And so they send Obi-Wan away, but Anakin goes with Padme. And later on, and after a couple of cool shit, but later on, Obi-Wan needs help. Anakin goes to help. The Jedi then go to help. But one of the underlying factors throughout the movie is how somebody is able to rise through power And uh, I think that's the thing that anybody who ever watched this movie should pay attention to is how people can influence the masses. That's what I say about that.
0: I don't want to draw any parallels to modern day, you know, because obviously this movie- You can
1: look at Rome. You can look yes, at any there you go. point there you in go. time. Mm-hmm. Rome is what it more reflects. I think it's so. How Rome did not want to have an army within the city. Their armies their legions were outside the city. When Julius Caesar came back, the thing he got before was crossing. I think it was the Royne in France, bringing his army back because nobody was allowed to bring their army back because they would be too influential. It's too dangerous. So this character of Palpatine, a lot of this movie in the back scenes is about how he's taking power, how he's influencing things, how he's sending Padme away, how he's sending Padme with Anakin. But whenever he suggests that Jedi stay with her, he says Obi-Wan should stay with her but he knows it's it's not Obi-Wan. He knows it's Obi-Wan and Anakin. He's trying to put her with her. And this is this movie from Palpatine the emperor's point of view is the long gone and from Yoda's point of view and in that scene where they're all in the office is basically the second scene in the movie he gives him a look there there's this uh Two, there's the Emperor and there's Yoda. They're in the same room, and I think they,
0: they there's mind games going on, basically. Yeah, I think there. I mean, there definitely are mind games. But let's let's talk a little bit about our characters. So time has passed since our previous movie, right? Uh, Ten years, I believe, to be specific. So when we last saw Anakin, he was like eight, nine, whatever. He's like. 18 19 years old and amidala is in her mid to later 20s at this point so there's still an age gap between them but you know whatever we're gonna we're gonna ride it you know that uh what so in my head i go
1: 10 16 20 26 because i feel like that's the comfortable age difference where a 20 year old you know they can go
0: with the 26 year old sure I, I, (laughs) I, I suppose, suppose. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it happens. It happens every day. Um, (laughs) I mean, it does. I, (laughs) I, I I just have, you know, uh, it happens maybe, but I I guess (laughs) I don't have as much of a problem with, with it as I did in the previous one when, you know, you're, you're, you're setting up this idea that they're going to be a couple and you're, you're having a very much teenage Natalie Portman with a, you know, nine, 10 year old Jake Lloyd, and then you do another movie three years later and you've got this 18, 19 year old Hayden Christensen with a, you know, with a, uh, with a Natalie Portman, uh, actress, but All right, fine. We'll go along for that ride. We now have Obi Wan Kenobi, who, Ben Kenobi, who is now more seasoned in his Jedi experience, tutelage, what have you. Who are some of our other characters? You've got.
1: Well, you got the introduction of characters like Dooku. You also got Django Fett. Mm -hmm. So I think. Within this movie, you got a lot of Coruscant, you got Naboo, you got Tatooine, and those are all ones from the first movie. The only other planet is Genosis. A lot of similarities. The only new characters are Jango Fett and Dooku, it, and
0: I guess the new Anakin, I suppose. Right, and like that now, like her new security detail, and we now, no longer have Kira Knightley; we now have Rose Byrne, but. Now, you know, whatever, not not a big deal. And we've got a, a cameo appearance for we know, or was uh, never mind. I think that was a *Phantom Menace*, where the ET aliens had a. That, I guess that was we didn't even talk about that. Like ET had like a cameo appearance in *Phantom Menace*, right? That was *Phantom Menace*, was it not? Is it? Mm. When they had, when they were in the like the the giant Senate, uh-huh. and they were showing all the different like. I, but before you go and tell this whole story, are you sure this didn't happen in episode three? Oh, maybe it's episode three. Okay, all right, maybe, probably. I admittedly, I, I I'm just trying to think. No, about no, no I do forgot. know.
1: I do know of an ET reference. Mm. And I kind of think it might be when the emperor is taking power and he is declaring the first (laughs) galactic city.
0: That's what, yeah. Yeah. And. Mm -hmm. So that's episode three. Yeah. Okay. All
1: right. You do have scenes similar in both all three episodes, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that this show does or what they were trying to do was kind of expand the inner core of what the Star Wars universe is, they show the planet Double Time Over. They show Naboo. They show Tatooine, a planet we're used to, uh, but I, I think in a way this episode is a very coruscant representative episode.
0: Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, that's what they invested a lot in, right? I fundamentally agree there. There was a lot more time to spend on Coruscant. Uh, a lot of the money and special effects went into Coruscant. They wanted to establish more of this particular city planet, even so that they were giving like expositional dialogue about what the city was. And you got down into like the lower trenches of the city. And that was good. I, I think I guess maybe a good way to go with it because I don't where last episode we really tried to break down the entire movie scene by scene. I don't want to do that. I don't I wanna focus on things that like scenes that I thought were good, maybe some scenes that I think were bad and give more an over of an overview. But to have a fifteen minute dissertation on what happened in minute forty three through minute fifty three, I think From an editing aspect, it's a pain in the ass. So I want to make it a little bit more conversational on things that I think worked within the movie and things that didn't work within the movie. Now, what I feel is when we get into some movies that I feel that we're a little bit more passionate about, because I think you and I are both kind of like... It's part of the story. I don't think this is the most important chapter, but at the same time, I think there are some things that worked really well in the movie. And I would say, even though I think you and I are a little bit of a disagreement on it, I would say I enjoy this movie slightly more than episode one. You said that actually on our
1: first pod, it was one of the things that was actually edited out. I listened for yeah. And you actually edited it out. And I actually have it in my questions. And I was wondering why. I almost thought that's where we should start, but I want to hear.
0: Why did I edit it out or why no, do I like no. it more? Why do you like it more? So there are a few things. One, even though I feel the dialogue is still very, very weak, I, I feel that you and McGregor tapped into his role a little bit more than he did in episode one, even though I don't think he had a lot to work with. I fundamentally believe that he was enjoying himself. Now, granted, there were some things that happened in the movie that I didn't necessarily agree with. We're supposed to believe that Obi-Wan Kenobi is one of like the best Jedi Knights. And, well, we find out that his apprentice is a little bit more advanced than him, and then he gets his ass beat by a 70-year-old freaking Sith uh, later on in the movie. So he's not as sharp as we want to believe. We
1: are, we are going to talk about these fights later, right? Oh, of
0: course. of course. Okay, okay just just
1: curious. All right. Yeah. But, but you're right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah so he's not as smart as the guy he's training and he's not as strong as the, the old man who kicks his ass, you know? And again, he got his ass beat even by a, uh, um, a Mandalorian. I, think
1: it, I do want to say it's important to know that his own apprentice says he's as powerful as Mace Windu and as wise as Mace Yoda. Like Obi-Wan
0: does have the right Qualities by dialogue. We never see it on camera. In fact, we see it. We see it contradic- like contradicting, like contradictory each time. He he is bested by his padawan, who observes uh the little slugs in the room first. Oh, he, whoa! He's like, oh, I sense I, it too. Hold on, but, me, I I think we got to go back now. I think
1: now we got to restart because. We're, we're basically at the beginning of the movie. We're mm-hmm. like, at the uh, beginning of the movie. I, 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 so just for our listeners to hear, within the movie, there's an assassination attempt. Then all of a sudden, they go into the Chancellor room. There's this real duel between Yoda and Palpatine. That's really what's going on. And ultimately, they decide, Palpatine goes, hey, Je- Jedi, you should get Obi-Wan to hang out with him when he's really just saying, hey, Yo get Anakin to hang out with this girl that he really likes. That's what he's really saying, people. But point being is they go in there and they're riding up this elevator and there's this, I don't even know if you'd call it cute. Maybe you say it's awkward. Maybe you say it's bad riding, but it's like them riding up the elevator and it's supposed to be like Anakin being like, Oh man, it's been 10 years. I love this girl. And Obi-Wan is you're just going, man, You've never been this tense not since that one time whenever I was about to die. (laughs) And the cool thing is, is Jar Jar goes, "Oh, Obi Wan, miss happy to see you." (laughs) And he's like Obi Wan, and they walk off, and they're like, "Hey, hey, Padme, come look at him." And she's like Obi Wan, and then all of a sudden, Padme is like, "Annie, you've grown. Annie, you've grown." And so she leaves the room. He kind of makes her feel uncomfortable. And maybe this is one thing we'll talk about how 2002 eye contact might be different than
0: 2020 eye contact. Speaking of eye contact, am I wrong or did uh, freaking Jar Jar Binks straight up look directly into the camera and, and smile at you?
1: Uh,
0: In that same scene. You never saw that? I didn't. I didn't. I I didn't catch that one. You're going to have, you have to go back and watch that. So like, like right Jeez. when all that's going on, he's like walking Jar Jar being straight up, looks at the camera with a smile and then kind of like turns his head again. It's like you, you motherfucker.
1: So is this the CGI stuff that makes you mad? No, no, no. no. I comes, am kind bro. of curious of your idea of like how I guess in, is there a difference between blue screen and green screen?
0: And is this the early screen and now today is crazy different? At the end of the day, there's nothing really fundamentally different between blue screen and green screen. They're both the same thing. Just from what I understand, there's less conflict when they try to re-replicate it or try to combine the different colors in everything that they're using except the the resolution input that you're getting is better uh there's there's less i don't know whether it's fragmentation whether it's other shit terminologies that i can't think of off the top of my head the the picture uh, quality is better the resolution is better on a green screen versus a blue screen do you know if Avatar was blue screen or green screen? Oh, it definitely would have been green screen. And this movie is blue screen, correct? No, I'm pretty sure it's green screen. Okay. What yeah. would be a blue screen movie? Probably, probably an Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. Probably a Batman 1989. But... You know, I'm I'm throwing those out there, but that could be a good conversation. And in fact, I don't even know if I'm really hundred percent accurate. It's just what I think I know. I'm not I'm 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 a storyteller. I'm not like a visual effects guy. I, I just know what I think looks good and what I think looks bad. But okay. So, like my strength—if <laughs> I say my strength, like you know—I uh, I like to believe my strength. <laughs> yeah, is, your push-ups. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I like to believe my strength is yeah. is understanding story structure. And are you perpetuating the plot in not just plot, but are you perpetuating, rather, are you perpetuating the story in plot? and interest in intrigue, or are you only perpetuating a plot or perpetuating story in plot alone?
1: Well, if you don't mind, Mm -hmm. I feel like this is one of those where the emperor is the one who's escalating the plot or escalating the intrigue. Mm -hmm. He's only in a few scenes, but he's in the background who connects Anakin and Obi-Wan And then they go off on do their thing, but he's, you know, and he's always there. But later on we meet a guy named Count Dooku and he turns out to be the leader of this other separatist movement. And you find out the very end that ultimately the two people who are about to start this war are friends and they're Mm -hmm. about to just throw all these lives at each other, basically to take down the Jedi to overthrow power.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the at, at its core, that's really what Palpatine and his little minions Darth, are. Trying to be. Tar, yeah, Darth Tyrannus. Yeah, Sifo-Dyas. Yeah, uh, uh,
1: well, I'm curious about Cypher dyas I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we get a spinoff with them because we don't know too much other than that he died ten years ago, mm-hmm. right around the time of.
0: Uh, Phantom Menace. Wait, what was Count Dooku's Jedi name then? Uh, Darth Tyrannus. Darth Tyrannus. Okay. Yeah. So
1: he's the one who Django Fett says, Oh, I uh never knew uh Siphon but the guy who employed me was Darth Tyrannus.
0: Right, right. Was that your uh Django Fett voice?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which, do you want to have a, a fun discussion about? Django Fett, Mandalorian. I think that I think we should have this little, you know, uh, jetpack fun f- filled talk right now. Cause do it. Let me. All right. Well, I wasn't. All right. So
0: <laughs> fine. You, you the think main about thing, it. I'll give you some. The,
1: the main thing I was going to say is if you watch this film, you're going to see some crazy stuff like. The Jedi go, Obi Wan, go grab that guy. And so here's the thing: is you're Bubba Fett, and you're in the cockpit, and your dad's loading up, he's packing up his gear, and you're about to fly out, and all of a sudden this guy comes running out with a blue saber to arrest your dad. Like, that's a problem. Like, your dad didn't do anything wrong. And so, like, you're like, God, no, get out of here. Pew, pew, pew. And you're trying to, like, shoot this Jedi. You're fighting this Jedi at, like, 10 years old off your dad. Your dad survives. And you fly out of there. And you know what? The Jedi doesn't let down. The Jedi tracks you down. And your dad is like, get off my case. And one of the coolest things of the whole movie is really this, like, little uh, Jedi, Boba Fett. Uh, cockfight scene, this plane scene. Do you know the scene I'm talking about? Yep. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about it at all, but I really want to talk about the depth charges. We're in cinemas. If you remember being in the theaters where they were just dropping, go boom. <laughs> that was pretty new to cinema, man. But I just want to get in the head of Boba Fett, young Boba Fett. And this is his life. A Jedi came out of nowhere to arrest his dad. His dad went on the run. The Jedi tried to track him down. His dad kept on running. And then he saw another Jedi cut off his dad's head. So I want to have a Boba Fett conversation at some point. It doesn't have to be in this episode. But uh, those were some of the things in this episode I saw that made me... Want to have that conversation?
0: There are a lot of things about this movie that I like and a lot of things about this movie that I don't like. And I like that we were introduced to Boba Fett and his origin story. I didn't like his origin story. I like the idea that we got it. I didn't like it, but fine. This is what George Lucas decided to create for one of the most beloved characters in his cinematic universe had only had about three minutes and a half of original screen time, but this is the origin story He's going to get fine. All right. I don't like it, but it is what it is. I still like that we were introduced to him. I still like that we were introduced to his father. I, I, those are the things I like. I don't like how simplistically he was wiped away in the film at the end of the day, you know, and just a, a silly fight scene at the end of the movie, which I thought would, they, they wanted to have a final battle, but instead of doing it in space, they going to one on a planet with...
1: They, they wanted Mace Windu to have a kill. Right. Basically, that's, the writers are like, Mace Windu needs to be a badass... Well, that's a badass. So Hokiya's he, he
0: kills him. Yeah, it just wasn't a, it. Just wasn't a fight. I mean, it was kind of a fight, man. I mean, he deflected four shots and then lopped off his head. You know we, what I mean?
1: Like, we'll talk about the call scene scene later. But within Jango Fett, what I kept were curious about was is that actually Boba Fett's armor? Because like in the Mandalorian, it made it seem like like that was important
0: armor to him. Yeah, to my knowledge, that is his armor. But
1: when I look at it, it's all fresh.
0: Right. Well, we're seeing it 40 years later, and it's deteriorated a little bit. And
1: I, I just want to make sure, like, I guess the pec and the ab muscle, uh, defense muscles, I don't know what you right. call the shields. <laughs> I just want to make sure they're in the same place. Because one thing I noticed from the new one was, like, he was wearing black. But i like, i like... And I'm not a Chargers fan or nothing, but I like my Boba Fett and Powder Blue. <laughs> like I'm, you know, yep. that, you know what I'm talking about? That Powder Blue, man. Yeah,
0: I mean he got he got, he had uh, some different different metal like protective things or whatever I guess. I don't know.
1: We do get to see a Jedi versus Boba Fett basically. Like everything we waited for Luke versus Boba Fett. This is the fight we were looking for, right?
0: Yep, I think so. It, I think we, so. And we kind of got in this movie. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of, it was just very underwhelmed. You know, like when you get like this badass idea, like, oh my God, you're going to get a Mandalorian. And all we know about Mandalorians, we, we got in three minutes of screen time. And then a few books before this, where they, they, they give you a little origin story of like, oh, the Mandalorians and everything like that. And then what we know of is, holy shit, it's Boba Fett's dad. And Boba Fett, we always felt like, damn it. Cause he, you know, got thrown into the pit and like, all right, well, now we're going to meet his dad and his dad's surely going to be a badass, And he has a little fight with Obi-Wan Kenobi on, uh, whatever the hell that planet is called. I forget the name of it. Camino. Uh, Camino. Thank you. And that's that. They have like their little space adventure. And then, they're on the little mosquito planet. And and then Mace Windu deflects a few little laser beams and then knocks his head off. And it's like, come on, you're gonna introduce this character and kill him in the same movie. It's just I What? Just like Darth Maul? Just like Darth Maul? They they did the, the movie before that. Yeah, and again, you're you're introducing you're introducing your best villains and killing them off in the same film. But and the villain,
1: the villain, the entire film is Anakin. I think that's,
0: I think that's the thing that maybe write Anakin better.
1: All right. I I was waiting for this one, but uh, this was my top question for Andrew I was waiting till the end, but Andrew, can you please tell me the difference between a writer, director, a writer director, how they coexist?
0: Yeah, basically, that 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 was the end okay. question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so the difference between a writer and a director and a writer director.
1: But but also how I well like George Lucas in, in Episode One was a writer director. Mm-hmm. So, in this one, there is, well, he was both, but you get. All right. Let's go back to Star Wars and let me try. And if you can clear it up, that's cool. And I'm happy for the people to listen to how he clears it up. But, in that, all right. So, Star Wars, you got George Lucas, Empire Strikes Back, you got a writer and a director. And so, it's the idea of how you could be a writer, director. You could have a writer, a director, how people can coexist, how you have power in one hand. And really, and no lie, because it's kind of palpity level, how producers would hate a writer, director. That's the back end question. That's the second part I want to know.
0: So basically, a screenwriter is creating this, this idea of what you would see cinematically this idea of what you're going to see he's writing something on a page the director takes what what's on the script and he's responsible for what the dp the uh, director of photography the guy who's shooting it the guy who's shooting is your director of photography so he's responsible for what the dp is doing but also how the actors are delivering lines and the emotion that is being relayed by the actors and what is being filmed by the director of photography. The director is just essentially seeing, all right, these are how the actors are de- delivering the lines on this page. This is how the director of photography is filming what we should be watching but the writer is the writer is just the guy who who who's creator of the original text you know like how people interpret to use another thing like constitution is a written text everybody's a director how you want to interpret that written text and how you want to project that written text visually and that's that's if that analogy makes any sense to you that's where I'm, where I guess I'm trying to go. Is I think this, that's great. No, okay. I get it. Yeah, it, and you can use it for good or bad. Exactly, exactly. And and that's why there are really, really great filmmakers. Some of the the finest ever. Your Alfred Hitchcocks, right? Your your Steven Spielberg's. Well, well, this
1: film, this film in particular, is about good versus bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like. But I think in this film, what they're trying to show is that Jedi and Sith aren't that different in their teachings, only in the way they influence them. Because the Jedi, what their main goal is peace within the galaxy. And the Sith feel like they are down with peace, but they feel like they're best that they can enforce it. I think it's a fun dynamic between the two people, whereas... And this is one thing that makes me think this is one of those tin head theories, uh, kind of like Phantom Menace, where it's like attacking the clones. I think Jedi and Sith are clones, and they're attacking each other. And the only difference is the Jedi, I think, like to believe that they're there to support peace. But I think the Sith are there to think that peace helps if they, like they're the other way. Uh, I guess if they lead. So if there was a a thing that went where it's like small, bigger, like the Jedi was started out and it would grow bigger and the Sith would be like the Vulcrum, they're bringing on in. I think that's the thing in this movie when they talk about clones, the Jedi and the Sith are very similar. They're balancing power. That was my 10 head theory
0: for this episode. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think... Like Jedi and Sith, you know, it's a yin and yang. It's just the the opposite. You said it. Dang. <laughs> we, have you ever noticed that? What's
1: that? I, maybe I've said this before, but yin and yang.
0: I'm pretty sure we've said it every episode we've been on. Really? Is that our phrase? So yes. way for we to say yin, yin and yang. I I almost wanted to guarantee it. Mm. Uh, now. By
1: almost, I mean I'll get a tattoo. This is like um Andrew uh forty-three Rainy. Yeah <laughs> but uh nah Yin and Yang. But so many movies we would talk about, and I think the balance of art we have balance, so yin I think and so. Yin
0: is. Maybe we should get a couple of yin and Yang tattoos together. There you go. Yeah, we'll we'll. You'll have one side. I'll have the other. Or do, we'll both- do you do you have a tattoo? I don't. I don't have a tattoo. Not even in the Navy. Your, your uh, Navy boys
1: never like. We're like, let's go do it. We're in Portugal.
0: <laughs> it's actually <laughs> one. Of- Croatia, yay, Croatia! It, it's really one of my. It, it's. I don't have many regrets, except for that girl in Sardinia, um, oh, but shit. Um, the one that got away. No, Damn. Um, yeah. Where's my phone? Sardinia. Yeah, she was lovely. Um. Anyway, uh, I had a moment for a second, but no, I. I, I don't have many regrets, but I would have loved to have done a stupid navy tattoo. I would have loved to have like in hindsight be like maybe
1: okay. born like yeah. born in the USA
0: on your ass. Yeah, just something stupid. <laughs> something. Yeah. Just a like a uh like a, an anchor on my forearm, like the quintessential yeah. like navy tattoo. Sure. I, yeah. I Popeye. I, I Popeye. I hate that I don't have that. Maybe I'll have to, you know. Maybe uh, John, you know, Johnny Bones and I—we're just gonna do something stupid. So we'll have our our pals tattoo. Like, yeah, like, oh, oh, this stupid tattoo. Yeah, this is this is uh, I, uh myself, my best friend. We we got joint stupid tattoos because you know pals, man. I tell you what, I'm down to get
1: pals, but I think we should get him in North London, alongside a. <laughs> A Tottenham and Arsenal tattoo. You get yours. I get mine. We get pals underneath it, man. I think you're on the North center. London in North London. Yeah,
0: so I get. Then, I, I,
1: yeah, you get you get your you get your Gunner tattoo. I get my cock and spurs, man. And
0: then underneath it, just his pals. Pals, and then we go up to Scotland for the whiskey festival. Oh, dude. Listeners, are you hearing this? This is something that's special. Don't tell
1: them about Aberdeen, bro. <laughs>
0: Aberdeen's a secret. Yeah, you don't fuck with the Dons, but um, you don't fuck with the Dons. <laughs> but, uh, shit, I don't even. I don't even know. I guess at, at its core, at its core, this kind of goes back to the original question we, you, you know, that you asked me, there have been several other questions we've gone on different tangents, but. What I like about this movie and why I like this movie more than the previous one is the fact that one, I, I my favorite character in the whole trilogy. Is Obi Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor, but it's no coincidence. He's my favorite actor in this whole franchise. I love Ewan McGregor. I dare to say I've got a, a man, like a, a man crush on Ewan McGregor. You want to be him? I want to be Ewan McGregor. I want to be him too, Andrew. I wanted to be him first. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> but but, but I, I live further away. You're, <laughs> you're closer to English. It was a further dream. It right. was harder for me to be him than it would ever be for you to be him. <laughs>
0: It's true. It's true. Uh,
1: hey, but can we can we just say something about Ewan?
0: Yeah, let's do if, it.
1: If you didn't realize, he comes from Star Wars royalty. And so, like, being Ewan McGregor is being Star Wars
0: royalty. If you could mm-hmm. be Ewan McGregor. So, what I like about this movie is it's Ewan McGregor. Two... It got less childy, even though I I still thought it was very childy. I I didn't have an, I wasn't tracking a a 10 year old kid anymore. And that was easier for me to be invested in a story. Not that I'm against kid adventures. I love the Goonies. I love Stand By Me. I love a myriad of other uh, monster squad. I love tracking a movie that, that are about kids. The difference between those movies and this movie is even in those movies, there's a sense of maturity even in the insanity that you're watching where – when I watched Jake Lloyd, and it wasn't so much his performance as I stated in the previous episode, I blame a lot of it on the casting director and George Lucas, is the way that they directed this kid, which is just to be completely precocious and crazy things are happening. But you know what? Whatever. You're just going to be a cute kid. There was never any seriousness in his performance. There wasn't. It was just it was just all you're cute like i i never ever was invested in his journey and this anakin although i don't think hayden christensen was a good actor i think they were both equally meh but there was a level of maturity and i think that come i think that goes back to george lucas just not necessarily knowing how to write like you can still tell the story of a 10 year old kid stranger things have told have shown that you can write a story about 10 to 11 year old kids and it still be captivating and the stakes are high and you're invested in them i was never invested in jake lloyd in episode 1 i just wasn't and that by by omitting him, it was easier for me to go on this journey. I'm not never mind the fact that they virtually deleted Jar Jar Binks from the movie entirely, except for three scenes in this movie. But I feel the subject matter was sharper. The dialogue wasn't good. The love story I thought was forced. But I'm talking about things I liked. The things I liked is I, I liked that tonally this was closer to what Star Wars should have been, tonally. And performance-wise, I thought Ewan McGregor had tapped in more to his Obi-Wan Kenobi. And those are the things that I like. And as a result of it, and yes, the other thing I like is we were introduced to both Fett and his dad. Those are my takeaways. Those are the things that I enjoy. I like the Kamino sequence. I thought it was a little bit over the top with the, with the computer generated stuff, but those I I felt technology aside, I I think those are the type of scenes that would still work in a Mandalorian, uh, series versus the, that red planet. But anyway, I just want to talk about the positive things. I don't want to beat up uh, the movie when I'm trying to talk about the positive things, but anyway,
1: nice. Can I can I bring it back in if it's okay? Please. Well, and you may be able to assist me on this. I think you might be able to, but with Anakin Skywalker, we're going through a hero's journey, right? Yes. And as a storyteller, can you just tell me the finer points of a hero's journey? Like the son who doesn't know his parents or is a strange who has come up and who has royal blood or something can you, as a storyteller. Can you just give me the, the basics of the hero's journey?
0: Right. Well, so when it comes to hero's journey, there are so many different, different versions of it, but the idea that hero's journey, I mean, it goes back to Greek mythology. It goes back even before, Greek mythology fucking Gilgamesh like the oldest story that's ever been told oh,
1: if the story is your father was killed you killed the guy who kills your father that yeah I, that maybe I'm a, I'm a person I'm just going to let y'all know I'm a person who believes in primitive things I think that's a primitive thing that if somebody killed my father I would want to kill that guy
0: yeah yeah. Um, okay. So the hero's journey. How it works in the way that I know of it as a storyteller. And Star Wars is very, very inspired by Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. What? Yes.
1: Superman as well. Uh, I was just... Damn it. I was what? just going to name other
0: other hero's journeys. Oh, well, I mean, there are, there are plenty, but I'm just using... Star Wars as an example because George Lucas was heavily inspired by George Campbell's idea of the hero's journey in which you're in your ordinary world, right? So in the case of the original trilogy, the original trilogy, because it's perfectly outlined, and that's maybe part of the reason – and it's a great – I'm glad that you brought it up in this episode. But it's perfectly illustrated in the original trilogy, right? You've got – Luke Skywalker, and he's in his everyday world, right? He's you know he wants to hang out with his friends, and he has to freaking grab stuff for like power converters, and you know drink his blue milk, and blah blah blah, all that stupid shit, right? Well, he has a call to adventure, right? His call to adventure is he has to retrieve his robot that has disappeared. And he meets up with this old crusty white dude, Ben Kenobi, and they they watch this video. And this video is Princess Leia saying, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. And Obi-Wan Kenobi turns to Luke and says, you, you have to help me. Like, that's literally a call to action. The call to action is Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, you have to do this. And the next thing that happens is your your refusal of the call. And, and quite frankly, very literally, Luke Skywalker says, I can't do that. I can't leave. I, I've got things. I've got homework to do. You know, like that type of shit, right? That's that's the first thing that happens. So it's kind of like a resistance. That's like that threshold that that you have to that you have to cross. And what happens? He goes back home and he finds out that his aunt and uncle are dead. He has no home. So at this point, he now crosses over that threshold and that ordinary world we call the first act of a film. When you cross that threshold, you're now in the second act. You're in the second act. And in the second act, you go through your different trials, you go through your different adventures, you meet your friends, your allies, you go into that deep, dark abyss, that, that deep, deep, dark abyss of this is as low as shit's going to go. And that is what's then going to turn you into your, your third act, which is going to ultimately be your climax and your resolution on how are we going to resolve this? So, in the
1: case, so, yeah. so, and Luke buries his family mm-hmm. and looks at Ben Kenobi and he goes, I want
0: to learn the ways of the Jedi we call that acceptance of the call and that leads you right again into that that second act so now he's going to go on his trials he's going to learn a few things and what does he learn he learns a little bit about being a jedi he learns a little bit about being a space pilot you know he, he learns those things he learns a little bit about that uh about this war but what happens at the end of the second act in the original star wars what is that deep dark Cave, if you will, that happens in the original star Wars.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up because at the end of this star Wars, there's a wedding and it's, it's, it's understandable to think, Oh, this is great. They're getting married with the entire film. They're talking about how them getting married is terrible and how it can only cause destruction. And it would only ruin all of their lives but at the end of it, they still get married. And we know where it goes. It does destroy them. But at the end of this movie, that like we watch this wedding happen. It's supposed to be this happy, happy thing about them having love. But it does destroy him and it does destroy the whole galaxy. Yep. And it's not a happy event. It's sad. Like, right. but in the movie, like he he. They talk about it right before they roll out. And I know it's a cheesy-ass scene before they go in the Coliseum. But he's like, you said it would destroy us. And she's like, it doesn't matter now. Right. And it does destroy. It destroys the whole galaxy. Yeah, it does. It does. There's a guy who respects storytelling. When I see Phantom Miz, you start at, like, Naboo. You go to Tatooine, a world we knew, and then to Coruscant, the world where we always want to see the capital. And then when we come to this episode, we go back to Dabu, Coruscant, Tatooine, and one new planet. So in a way of, like, if they're telling a story from Act One, they introduce three planets. And we've already been introduced to Tatooine, but, like, we got three. Now we're adding one. and Then we keep building. So I do think there's... Things the creators did that I really appreciate. Did we need Naboo at all? Yes. Why? Because it is uh, Eden. It's the perfect environment. The reason why the trade federation is taxing it uh, who knows why? Because of uh, taxation reasons. But like the idea of Naboo is a perfectly symbolic eco-harmony Something that could exist on its own, but the reasons that are driving turmoil are taxation. It's political. They're pure. Politics are corrupting it. So, like, Naboo's a perfectly fine planet, but all of a sudden Naboo has gotten basically brought down the whole republic, and it wasn't Naboo's fault. It got used because it was a peaceful planet. Is Switzerland? Is Switzer? Has anybody blamed Switzerland for anything, ever? Even making knives, I don't think. I don't think a Swiss Army knife has ever stabbed anybody.
0: Why they put holes in their cheese?
1: <laughs> it's fossil corks, <laughs> dude. I used to have one, and I man, I, I'm not gonna even lot dude. I'm pretty sure I used those tweezers. You remember Swiss Army knives? Those are the best. I love. I have
0: two of them still.
1: Shit. Well, you're good, man.
0: Well, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know, and I don't want to try to defend this trilogy because I don't think it's particularly strong. I just don't. I don't think the stakes are compelling. I don't think the characters are rich enough. I wanted to be fundamentally on board and and while each movie came out I was because well it's a new Star Wars movie and I enjoy it. I I just don't think I don't I just don't think I just don't think as much as I enjoy this movie more than the last one, I don't like it. It was still a torture. It was still a, it was still painful. With all due respect, it was still painful to get through this two hours and plus minutes. I'm also torn because of the fact that I, I any guest I have on my show, I'm going to love, I'm going to respect, I'm going to admire, and I want to take their movies with a level of sincerity and appreciation and treat with level of respect. Even when there's a justification or an explanation or defense of this movie, I go back to why do we feel, and it's not why does John, but why does anybody, why do we feel obligated to defend this because we we really truthfully enjoyed the previous ones. And my, my question for raising that is not to change your mind. And I'm not trying to create an argument. It's just more of an overview. Objectively, objectively, I don't think I'm wrong by saying this isn't a strong movie. I, I, I don't think I'm wrong. Maybe I, maybe I am. But I, I don't think I'm wrong by saying it's not a strong movie. And we Is
1: Is, we, it, is Star Wars It's a Star, Wars. Movie? It's Star is, Wars Is Star Wars a strong movie The original Yes when, when held up to Lawrence of Arabia And all the great yes. films Okay. Yes, the original is, How many like Empire I bet Return of the Jedi has Like there's got to be a big drop off
0: From what to what
1: Basically, empire Strikes
0: back to whatever else like, when well, it goes. Empires, so and here's, and this is where it's always going to be like a conflict. And maybe this is probably the best part of our episode right Remember now.
1: Remember, old. Remember the old guys on the porch. Yeah, Just, oh,
0: my yeah. films are better. Yeah, but you know what? When they were, they <laughs> were. <laughs> You know, and I've, I've got a couple of good friends and some friends that listen to this. Mark, I'm talking to you. I've got friends that will take Empire over Empire Strikes Back. And and I remember going, shit, I don't even know if you were there that night. You might have been there when I, I was at ABGB with a couple of friends and somebody threw out the line that they thought Return of the Jedi was better than Empire Strikes Back. And I almost, okay, you weren't there. I almost wanted to like... Andrew was wanted to kill a motherfucker because I'm like, how can you objectively say that? And you know what? I have to check myself and recognize that people, people enjoy different things. People have appreciations for different things. I, and this is like, I don't want to be elitist. I don't want to sound elitist, but sometimes we, we are guilty of some things, but, And for all this talk that I'm like, oh, I'm a storyteller. You know what? I haven't sold a screenplay, so I'm not that great of a storyteller. But I like to believe that I'm a good storyteller and I can read good storytelling. But in my heart of hearts, I think Empire Strikes Back, from an action film, top five greatest action movies ever made. Top five greatest action films. If Vader Killed Han, top one. Yeah. No, if if Han Solo would have died, it would have been the greatest action film ever made. But Like like Academy Award. Won the Academy Award. Sci-fi. Back in the... (sighs) Yeah, but it's still top five because you still don't know. And that hope, that hope that leads you. Oh, a new hope. Well, Return of the Jedi. Uh that 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 hope that leads you into that next movie, that final, but holy shit, them dropping him in Carbonite, and you've got that kind of like Imperial March and those beautiful lights. Like I can't Most impressive. I can't most, impress, I can't most wait. impressive. I Ugh. can't wait for us to talk about Empire Strikes Back. I can't wait for it.
1: Well, let's talk about a little bit now because well, we can talk cool about the thing,
0: movie we're trying to talk about.
1: One of the cool things in this movie is a Jedi duel between a it's Sith true. and a it's Jedi. And, it, and the Sith gives him the Jedi test where he starts throwing stuff at him and Yoda just like goes boom, boom. And that's and the reason why Yoda didn't want Luke to fly off to fight Vader is because he knew he wasn't ready for the physical force battle. But... This is the battle, and this is one of the cool things. And maybe they and I really think that George Lucas put it in the second film just so it could parallel episode five, as this is how Jedi could handle the situation. You stop it, you stop it, you stop it. Also, I want to put in this mark now. Dooku is an interesting individual. I don't think he's a hundred percent Sith. I think he's more Sith than, um, say somebody like, so you got Darth Sidious. Then you got, um, Darth Maul is like far-spectrum. Then you got Darth Sidious, who's a politician. Then you got someone like Dooku, who's a political idealist. Then you might have someone like Qui-Gon Jinn. Then you might have somebody like Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, like that, that might be kind of like the flow of, uh, you're kind of close, you're kind of friends, but you kind of have some ideas, but you kind of don't.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, maybe, I don't want to go ahead too far, but I think it's important because of the fact that at this point in time, we've been chatting for a little while. And I think we should talk about... Yoda as a lightsaber-wielding motherfucker. Do you remember when you saw this movie and you saw Yoda bust out a lightsaber? What was your emotional reaction?
1: So this, uh no, I didn't see it on an opening night because people actually cheered when he walked in.
0: Yeah, I did.
1: Well... Everybody, but it surprised me that people were cheering but when he walked in. Um, as a fan, or, or this is how I justify it, I like the idea that Yoda conserves all his strength for the fight, for the real fight when it happens. So I, the fact that he was fighting and dueling, but the part of it is, is well, this is, I think that Dooku likes a saber fight. He fought Anakin. He fought Obi Wan. He
0: likes the saber fight. He's so old. He was so old, and he it's beat Yoda, everybody's he, ass.
1: Yoda is seven hundred years older
0: than he is, and <laughs> Yoda <laughs> yeah, is in a human.
1: Well, well, well there is there is a part where I guess in a way, Darth Tyranus kind of slow plays it, right? Like he he kind of nails Obi Wan and He hits him in the arm, hits him in the leg, drops him, and he kind of does this nice flare. But the the main the main thing that makes me think he likes to duel saber is the fact that his saber looks cool. So, like a guy who actually wants to have saber battles wants to have their saber here look cool. If you don't care about that, you don't care, right? Like, but his looks badass, and I I feel I just feel like he likes to duel a lot and. The thing is, I don't think he actually wanted to kill Anakin because I think Palpatine already had his mind on him. Still, so he takes down Obi-Wan. He takes down Anakin. And then I really think he's supposed to be like, I'm going to kill these motherfuckers. And then Yoda comes in. And uh, Yoda beats him. And he flies on
0: out. Smartly. <laughs> Does Yoda beat him though? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You gotta be some. Um, it's one of those things that well, I here's the thing though, it's like didn't didn't like Dooku kind of throw the old like higher ground the rock type shit, like Marine versus me... like um look I know I know you
1: like I know you really well, okay. now I know you are a huge not fan of Damn it, I can't think of it. Nazis. All right. So it was between no, I am not I'm not
0: a fan of Nazis. <laughs> if it was
1: between killing a Nazi or me drowning, you would save me. You well, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah, you would save me. And I appreciate that because I need to save it. Because we you and I could go kill Nazis later. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly for us. And Andrew and ex-
0: John kill Nazis.
1: Well, I think that's exactly what. Obi-Wan and Anakin go try to do. Right. Yeah. Fascism. I think that's the big thing in this episode, the Union one, is how an evil dictator uh takes power from behind mm. the scenes. And he sends Padme away only for there to be Jar Jar, the simple-minded being to be there. And there's this cute little scene where they're like, if only Padme was here to vote you. And then Jar Jar, all of a sudden, next thing in the Senate, it's like, I want to vote you in the Senate. <laughs> and it's just like, if you didn't know from the crawl, the Padme did not want to vote for the army. And he voted them in. And so this is the beginning of the army. And it's the clone army. He, he's like, the, my first action is we're going to vote in an army. And they're like, no, no. Yeah, yeah. And they bring in these clone army. And from my understanding, from what they told Obi-Wan before the uh, Obi-Wan versus Joba Fett fight, is there is 200,000 ready. 1 million orders on the way. Right. So this is the origin of the star troopers even though I think after these clones there aren't any more. I think we see in Han Solo that they start uh putting regular citizens into the army. But uh By the time you get to Geonosis, and shit gets whack.
0: All right. So John, we've talked for a long time already. And I don't know if we really, really scratched the surface because it's a hard thing to do when we're, we're getting into, and I apologize if I'm speaking out of term, but we're talking about I mean, we're trying to undertake a nine, a nine film saga plus some really, really good one-off episodes. But as far as I'm concerned, these are the least interesting ones of, of the bunch. So, and maybe, maybe that's just me, my thoughts, but I enjoy the originally, but the original trilogy, I enjoy the new ones. I enjoy the, the prequels a little bit more than, not the prequels. I enjoy the one-offs a little bit more than prequels. So I've been, I I feel that when we do these other episodes a little bit, be a better organized host, but, and I wanna,
1: I, you, are you just are you just trying to say you're waiting for better movies? Yeah, you just want to get all these crap yes. movies out the way. Yes. <laughs> One thing I appreciate about us doing these movies is I feel like we're doing our
0: homework. I think so.
1: There think is a there is a reason why we're doing these movies. One thing I remember about these movies was after they were all done, and you know how much I'm a fan of top fives
0: hmm
1: well let's say after revenge of the sith came out what was your top five star wars films there were only six available and i feel like this was the movie that was easily left out in those days
0: so so after quote episode three what is my top five yes okay my number one Empire my number two the original my number three Return of the Jedi my number four Battle of Endor (laughs) yeah Battle of Endor exactly Battle of Endor oh man I, um
1: but you got to like that that's the thing with me well you don't have to i'll say I'll, I'll say this one
0: i'll say this one Are you say it now yeah i i say it now because i like this one more than episode one so i don't remember what my emotional attachment no. is for episode well, three to me to me, let me
1: let me throw you back. Maybe maybe I'm a, a little close because I'm younger to the generation. I don't know. Yeah. But point being was, one, two, and three, or whatever you want to call it, Star Wars, Empire, Return, they were untouchable. And there was the other three. And it was episode three. And they always streamed one and two. And I feel like one got it because of Darth Maul. He's a better villain. And so, when for twenty years of my life, this this movie was considered perceivably the worst movie. Okay. Now, not saying that is the case, but for a long time, that's the way I saw it because Episode One had this, Episode Three had that, and four or five and. Sorry, Star Wars: Empire Return. You know they're, they're the Mountain Rushmore.
0: I, I I don't have any reason to argue with you. I'm not I'm not gonna you know die on any of the prequel fences. You know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna defend them. I my my justification isn't because I I think it's a good movie. I just. My justification was it had less of the things that I disliked about the original. Now, if you can take the things that I enjoy the most from the original and the things that I enjoy the most from this movie, then you know what? Maybe it's a good movie. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, Yeah, you think so? Maybe if you get rid of. 10-year-old Anakin, make him a 20-year-old Anakin, and, and you have oh, Darth Maul, and you have no Qui-Gon, and it's basically the way that it's told in the original, by the time I met your father, he was already an accomplished, blah, 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 blah. Then, you know what? what?
1: Is the word accomplished said?
0: Accompl- uh, I, I may, accomplished? I may be paraphrasing it, but... Obi-Wan well, makes it abundantly thinking- clear that Anakin is an actual real-life adult and not a child. Yep. Yeah. I
1: Is there any way to appreciate the storytellers telling a story of a 10-year-old pod racer who is able to drive convertible cars? Only to become a super cool Jedi pilot in the future. And you're, you're
0: not you, but you, as in the figurative you, you're just trying to sell shit at that point. You know what I mean? You're not trying to tell a good story. You're trying to link it in. Why? What, like this opens up a can of worms that'll lead into a lengthier conversation. The, the point at the end of the day, is I don't know what.
1: <laughs> did you want Han Solo to be Luke's dad? I mean,
0: did no, you I, I want to start pilot to be the dad? No, but why do you have to introduce? Like why introduce at 10? Why not introduce at three? Why not? You know, like why not introduce at 17? Why? Introduce at 10 years old, you're trying to, other than like, oh, you want to buy this emotional journey of this character that he had this horrible fall from grace. You know what? We recognize that in Return of the Jedi, when he's like, let me look at you with my own eyes, and you see Luke talking to his father, where there is that sense of regret. You don't need to paint that person as a 10-year-old to try to drum up, like, sympathy or empathy. You know what? You could have just as... Like, this whole idea of younglings bullshit, which... Whoa!
1: Whoa! 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 Dude, don't go there, man.
0: I don't think I'm wrong here.
1: No, no, no. I think that's... Here's the thing is, that's what Anakin wasn't. So, when we get to episode three, where he rolls in and kills those younglings, it's because he was what they could never be. So, like, the first scene, oh, he's too old, blah, 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 blah. He gets a Jedi assistant, and he goes on. This episode, they have such positive reinforcement to the young Young links, and actually, I want to get to this because there's this can we talk about a little bit about the movie so there's the scene. And one of the great things about the movie is you get a great Jedi temple. You get a great layout of how it works. But you go into the library and Obi-Wan's there and he's like, where's Kamino? And there's this old Jedi lady. He goes, well, if it's not in the system, it doesn't exist. Oh, it doesn't exist if it's not in the system. And it's just like, oh, well, I guess it doesn't. And he goes and talks to Yoda and he's with some younglings and the younglings are the ones who are like oh well maybe somebody deleted it and it's cheesy as shit I get it but what they're trying to say is how the old Jedi are so like thinking they know everything but the younger Jedi you know they're more open minded and then all of a sudden like oh I guess somebody must have gone in and deleted The information, which I'm guessing was Master Cypher Diaz, just to throw a name out there. But the point being, when I get to this is Anakin, his whole life was rejected for not being old enough. And there's a scene when he walks in, I'm like, why the hell is he killed? Like, I want to go see, I want to see him fighting Jedis. I don't like the scene where he walks in and he just kills a bunch of younglings. But it's not about him killing younglings. It's about him killing everything that stood against them. Those younglings represented children who were just like, oh, they're in the Republic. They get to go freelance. Oh, they get to be Jedi because they're in the Republic. They're young enough. And he was the one who was out. And he walks in that room and one thing about becoming a sis is sacrifice and that and we're talking about revenge of the sis, but that when we get there <laughs> four hours from now, that's a <laughs> that's a hard that's a hard scene where it gets to. But you get in this you get in this episode, you see the younglings, and uh, they're all nice and nice and pure, but those are <laughs> those are city younglings, man. Those are the ones who got gifted of life. And those are the ones who get cut down by Anakin later, and it's sad It's sad. stupid,
0: it's stupid.
1: It's so fucking sad, man.
0: stupid um, not you you're you're fine nah, but it's just, no it's just it's just ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do a final act of not necessarily the final act of this movie, but things you liked just broad level things you liked, things you didn't like. What worked? What didn't? The Coliseum scene. Okay, columns, Coliseum. What did you like? Oh man, a bunch of badass jedis, a bunch of lightsabers. So at this point, we get all the Jedi. They all throw up, and you know, like throw down against a bunch, a bunch of uh, mosquitoes. Well,
1: well, here's the thing: is though, like, I think every film is similar where Palpatine has lured people into a no-win situation that they win. It happens every single film. I'm Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure every single film. That they, like in this film, like they're all surrounded. And it's the best situation for Palpatine because they're all like corner in the box and the clones come flying in. But one of the important things to know is like Dr. Orenis, who's Dooku, is Darcidious who's Palpatine's apprentice. They they would it basically if you're a US historian, it basically be like owning Grant and Lee and just telling those guys to fight each other. Okay. But you're one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh It's terrible. So we know going forward these two individuals who are on the Senate, they own both organizations, are basically going to force people to go fight against each other only for their own gains. So we know that going forward. Right. So we know going forward that Dooku and Palpatine are evil. Obi-Wan's a good guy. And... Uh,
0: You know, Anakin, you know, he's up for grabs. He's up for grabs. He's very much up for grabs. Okay. Anything else that you liked about the movie? The music. Okay. Yeah. Music. I like how
1: they uh, made C-3PO more retro. I feel like he looked... Uh, like he had a big ass thing on his forehead. I feel like he didn't look as clean cut as he did in the newer films. So I felt like they downgraded them. All right. Let's talk about characters for a quick second. Okay. What did you think of Yoda?
0: When I saw the movie, I loved the idea of seeing Yoda with a lightsaber initially upon original review I may have clapped. i I know I enjoyed it. Like, like, oh, look at Yoda. This is everything that my fanboy would have loved to have seen. But then in hindsight, you analyze and you're like, well, that's ridiculous. Because he's super CG'd and I have a hard time with a CG Yoda. Cause I think of him with the puppet and Frank Oz as Yoda. So seeing Yoda with like facial muscles and everything, it's weird to me. It's just weird to me. And I it, it takes me out. I'm fine with Yoda being a little bit younger. And if he's gonna lightsaber fight as a puppet, great. But just the the over top over the top animation that they used, it it was distracting for me.
1: All right. I get you. <laughs> Um there's a scene in this movie and it's it's probably terribly dumb, but there's a part where Obi-Wan finds his mom.
0: Shmi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now uh, if Anakin if it, Anakin finds
1: his mom. Sorry. If a village of sand people kills your mom, would you kill them all?
0: Imagine if anybody killed my mother, I'd be out for blood.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely, man.
0: Like it's uh maybe not. Maybe not. No, I, I would definitely be out for blood.
1: Is, sorry. Like, and and maybe not the women. Maybe not the I don't the children. grudge Anakin for It's a hard scene in the movie. It's one of the hardest scenes in the movie. But they killed his mom. And he killed them all. And he has a scene where he just it' And he blames Obi-Wan for holding him back. Because, like, Obi-Wan's not a father. He's a brother. He can't, he he doesn't have the same dynamics as a father. He, this entire film, he never gives him, he doesn't really give him positive support. It's more like a a jives. And I think that's one of those things that washed throughout it. But um, he's so frustrated within that scene. And Padme, you know gives him a little bit of comfort mm-hmm. and there are times within this film where he's just like you know whatever you want I, I'm ready to go with you and they get married in the end right and, and, and it's the shades of how he would be with the Empire that's what they're trying to show is how he'd be willing to be committed to somebody but it's,
0: it's just sad to see no it's certainly not ideal
1: but yeah, if somebody kills your mom, you kill them all. Yep, let the bear mark, sort them out. I like it. I'd mention as a kid, I thought about any kid who would be hunting down Jedi's and doing all of these things. This was the scene that I didn't like I didn't see. Like I thought he'd be hunting down Jedi's. This is the scene where he would he killed a bunch of village people because they killed his mom. Mm-hmm. That that's what led him to the dark side. That's what I'm through for Finch. That's yeah. the reason why in episode one, Yoda didn't want to let him in because he had feelings to his mom, you know, dark side, Lisa, hate, hate Lisa, whatever, you know, and all of a sudden, and he goes and he finds them. And it's great. You want to know a little fun other thing I heard within this that oh, may yeah. or may not. So they have this little date on Naboo, him, Anakin, and uh, Padme. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, I like this guy. I don't know what his name was. Espinosa. I don't know. (laughs) He's like, he had this dark curly hair. And I'm pretty sure in episode three, he has dark curly hair. (laughs) And all I got to say is I'm pretty sure she said the first guy she ever liked, Padme, had dark curly hair. And I know for a fact in episode three, he has dark clear. And I think he does that for her. Mm. I, I think Anakin is the guy who will sacrifice. I think he will sacrifice for his wife. He will, you know, I feel like I did a bad job because I was trying to justify that this film is basically Romeo and Juliet. Have they not died? Like it was like an inner Interregnum period of like two people who were not able to marry each other, but they did marry each other, but they also didn't die th-
0: through suicide. I don't have too many critiques with that. I just don't want to talk about the writing of William Shakespeare versus the writing of this film. Is that a little Bill Shakespeare? <laughs> I mean, I want to say that Romeo and Juliet writing versus the writing of this. Not same level, but structurally, story-wise, I see where you're going with that. I do, I do. Yeah, it, they, they're doomed. They're doomed to fail. They are doomed to fail. <sighs>
1: <sighs> uh, and, and, and in the and in the movie, they say, "This will end us. This will this will be the end of us." And right before rolling out, they go, "Well, really, it was Natalie Portman, the woman." love them for now. I can't remember how to say that word, but point being is she kisses him and she's like, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> but that, but one thing is he says to her was, you know what? Love gives us a reason to survive. Love gives us hope and they do win. They win in the Colosseum. So in a weird way, she's like, love will do most. And he's like, Bam. But love saved them, but also love just happened to destroy the entire galactic empire.
0: And that's the tragedy. Dude, I mean, that's what happens, man. You know? <laughs> God dang. <laughs> love, Sad. man. Yeah, love. Love, love, love. Keep going, love, keep going. love, love. love.
1: There's nothing you can do that can have be done. There's nothing you say that can't be sung.
0: There's nothing you can do, but you can learn to play the game. It's easy. (laughs) Goddamn. I love when Johnny Bellen sings in Serenades. It's so good. John, I think while we may not have covered everything in this movie, I think we've covered a few things here and there and maybe it's not our most analytical episode, but I also think this is the episode that we're like, all right, let's get through this one so we can get to revenge of the Sith and, and talk a little bit, a little bit more um, important things that happen. This was like, again, as we talked earlier, a little bit more of that call to action. And do you feel that there was a call to action that would segue you segue you into a more attractive third episode. The next episode. If you saw this movie, would you think, "All right, I want to know what happens next"?
1: Okay. Well, I would, and certainly you too. Come on, man! If you're a Star Wars fan, you
0: got to know the end. I will say this movie um, had a higher critic score than the previous one. I was kidding. That. <laughs> I don't give a shit
1: about that. But, <laughs> but
0: it probably, I think I felt like
1: you. It's like I saw the first one. I saw the second one. I know what for it's like, I want to see the end. <laughs> so, uh, nah, man, I was so excited. And I got, and I want to tell people now, growing up for the longest time, there are six movies. So it's easy to pick out a top five in Attack of the Clones with someone out. What people might not know is Revenge of the Sisters is my number one.
0: Ooh. Okay. Okay. Well, and, and I'll leave it there. And I'll leave it I there. I think that's a good place to leave it. Well, listeners... Thank you for uh, tuning in to John and I chatting a little bit about this movie. And Hey, that guy from Pakistan ever get back to us? No, we, India? India. We have not heard back from the guy. Hey, Pakistan, Pakistan,
1: we're open for business.
0: <laughs> we are accepting um, invitations to your cricket team. Our <laughs> India guy oh, has not...
1: Order scarves? It's cold up here. It's February, and the order of the hamsters is cold. Send me a scarf.
0: I've got uh, a buddy. I'm gonna bring him on. His name is Raja, and we're gonna see. We're gonna see the team that we need to root for when it comes to cricket. So be on the lookout down, for that. Man. Be on the lookout for that. You
1: meet you me, and Raja. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm down, man. Yeah, let's do this. Let's shit. do it. Let's do it. All right, Johnny yeah. Bones. Always, always a pleasure, even when both of us seem kind of uh apathetic to talking about the movie that we're talking about.
1: Well, can I just say all right, the last thing before I leave? Phantom Menace, I love Phantom Menace I know you so do. much. I it was hard. This one. I just don't have as much love for it. <laughs> But I want to. I want to. But here's the good news, people. The last Friday in March, we're going to put out Revenge of the Sith. And that's my favorite movie of the Star Wars universe. So whatever that date is, last Friday of
0: March, I'll be there. Be on the lookout. I can't wait. Listeners. This has been a fun time for John and I. Uh, hopefully it's been a fun time for you, but no, in all seriousness, we, we like to play around and we are extremely appreciative for you listening to our meanderings and, you know, talking about a movie. And if by, by golly, if you have any thoughts, leave them in the comment section, send a text, you know, whatever it is, like listen, subscribe, do all of that stuff. Let us know. As always, it's an honor and it's a privilege to be sharing this content with you. and we'll see you next time on another episode of Stanford Simba.